0: I bid you good morning and welcome to Rocky Mount Baptist Church. We're glad to have you here. Um, Fred um, thanked me before the sermon because you might not be so thankful afterwards. I might preach about him, <laughs> and I, I, I thought he called us silver heads and golden needles, and I thought, well, that's about right. You. You look in the audience and you think it's a Q-tip convention, there's so many anyway whiteheads out there. <laughs> but we do appreciate you being here. And of course, we want to thank um, Fred and Regina and the choir and the praise band and Stephanie. You guys do a great job. It's, it's really a blessing to hear you every Sunday morning. And even though our choir is small in number, I don't know how Fred gets that much volume out of a few people, but it really sounds good. Thank you. We enjoy it. Let me begin with the word of Scripture in Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, sheep of his pastures. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. And may God bless the reading and hearing of his holy word this morning. Um, I want to speak to you this morning a bit about, about Thanksgiving and about the things that we need to be thankful for and the, and the things that... We're thankful to be forgiven for that we shouldn't have been doing in our lives, and uh, that we should be living our life. Um, just four days from now, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. What does Thanksgiving mean to you? Brother Richard prayed this morning for understanding of what Thanksgiving really is, and and we want to be thankful for the right things in our life. Uh, will you be celebrating with your family? Uh, just thinking about all the good food that's going to be eaten, and how good it's all going to be, and um, what will you be most thankful for in your life? Uh, For your job? For the nice vehicle that you drive? uh, For your home? Your children? family? For freedom? Uh, If you're thankful for your freedom, they say thank a veteran. I say thank the Lord. The Lord gives us our freedom. Um, All these things, of course, we aren't thankful for, and Uh, someday we'll be called to give up all these earthly things in our life Uh, but death is not final because we will spend eternity in heaven or in hell, it's our choice Um, we're free to accept uh, Christ, God's only son as our savior and I feel that we all have, Uh, I know that all of you here this morning are born again Christians and, and I know that I'm preaching to the choir and because we are all born again believers. Um, but we as Christians must be on guard uh, in our faith and our, our way of life. We must be on guard daily. Uh, Satan is like a roaring lion walking to and fro and uh, seeking whom he can devour. And, uh, you know, that, that is a fact. Every day we have to be mindful of what we do in our life and, and where we go and um, the people we associate with. If you're breaking bad habits, you really need to be careful of what kind of people that you're around. Uh But Rocky Mount, uh, the town of Rocky Mount, is is mostly a a peace-loving, God-fearing community, but sin is always crouching at our door. Um, Just look at the number of whiskey and wine and beer producers that have opened up for business right here in Rocky Mount in Franklin County right here in our town of Rocky Mount. Have you noticed, have you looked around and seen how many breweries and distilleries we got doing business in Franklin County right now? You know, they say Franklin County is the moonshine capital of the world. I would say Franklin County and Rocky Mount is producing more alcohol now than it ever did back in the heydays. Um, there's a brewery operation that adjoins a very parsonage. It's just right over here within sight. You can look out the door and see the corner of it. Um, how long do you think it'll be before those party girls over there spill over into the yard of the parsonage? It's probably coming. I remember that Pastor Slayton went to the business meetings and tried to oppose that brewery being opened over there. But, of course, being one against town hall, he didn't have much of a chance. Um, looking back at Scripture, I believe the first giving thanks to God was Cain when he brought his first fruits of labor to the Lord. And why would he have brought it except to give his thanks to God? But um, it is written that he brought his first fruits to the Lord, but actually the Lord produced all those fruits. The Lord gave him the seeds and everything that we have belongs to the Lord. And and then Abel followed suit and brought the fat of his of his flock. But you know the rest of the story. You've heard it time and time again. Everything we have comes from God and everything that we have belongs to God you know there are large parcels of land all over the world in Franklin County and indeed there's large parcels that have been owned by the family for years and years and passed down through generations but uh, one of these days that land is going to go back to the Lord Um, speaking of Thanksgiving it reminded me of a story that Deborah read to me the other day I guess it came offline somewhere There was a great-grandmother in Lake Placid, New York, I believe. They had just sat down to a great Thanksgiving meal and had had just begun to eat when the doorbell rang. So the great-grandmother, being the hostess, got up and answered the door, and there was a nice-looking young man standing there, and she said, Oh, I'm so glad you came. We thought you weren't going to make it. And she took his coat and his hat and brought him into the dining room and sat him down with the family, and, and they began to talk about the family and and how the mother had tricked one of the little girls into eating cranberry sauce, thinking she could have more room to eat more turkey if she did that. And he was just really enjoying the family and the food, and everything was really going well. And, and finally somebody asked him a question and, about the family. He said, oh, he said, I don't know anybody here. I just stopped to ask directions. <laughs> uh, I hope that someone who comes to your door on Thanksgiving Day that you'll treat them like that and feed them. Um, But we come from the earth and to the earth, we will return, and then God will do whatever he desires with this world. Um, On the other hand, our soul, our living soul will live forever. We'll inherit the kingdom of God, which has no earthly connection. Our faith in God, our acceptance of his only son as our Savior makes us children of God, and as such, we will inherit the kingdom of God. Isn't that a wonderful thought to have on Thanksgiving Day? Give thanks for all that. Above all, give thanks for that, that we will inherit the kingdom. Listen to a portion of the Apostles' Creed, which is what we live by. You will find this in our Constitution. I believe in God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. We should be ever more thankful for this. The first Thanksgiving Day, as I understand it, took place not too long after the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock. Now, a bit of information you may not know, the Indians provided most of the food for the meal. The Indians now had taught the pilgrims how to raise corn and a lot of other things, and so they bought most of the food for the Thanksgiving meal. And do you know that the pilgrims did not even invite the Indians to sit down to eat with them? I hope that we don't do that. I pray that we as Christians would never turn away anyone who is hungry and especially never turn away anyone who is hungering for the word of God. We need to share the word with our neighbors. You know, I've heard of situations where neighbors don't know who lives next door to them and who've never even talked to the neighbors. I heard one story years ago that that um, a man had been working with a, his neighbor on their job for more than 20 years. And then one of them got really ill, and he talked about prayer. And the other one said, well, I didn't know that you were a Christian. And for 20 years, they worked together, and they hadn't shared with the other one that he was a Christian, a believer in Christ. Do we share with our neighbors? You know, in Thanksgiving, the greatest thing we had to be thankful for is our salvation, our Savior. If you want to share with your neighbors, share that fact. George Washington issued a proclamation that Thursday, November the 26th, 1789, would be a day of thanksgiving and prayer. We can't have one without the other. How can you pray without being thankful? And how can you have thanksgiving without prayer? In 1863, President Abraham Lincoln stated that the last Thursday in November would be recognized by all Americans as Thanksgiving Day. It became official in 1870, along with Christmas and New Year's Day, Independence Day and actually that was um, made possible because a lot of the big business at the time like Heckinger and Kmart and some of the other places it was an economical thing. Incidentally Benjamin Franklin wanted the turkey to be our national symbol. Um, I guess that Benjamin Franklin had it been successful, we'd be eating the American Eagle for Thanksgiving Day and praising the turkey. I'm glad that didn't happen. In scriptures in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was attempting to restore the day of worship, Sunday as a day of worship, at least within the city walls of Jerusalem. In chapter 13 of that book, Nehemiah placed guards at the city gates. To close them when the Sabbath began to prevent anyone from bringing goods or animals in to sell on the Sabbath. He wanted the Sabbath to be a day of worship, a holy day. Does that remind you of Jesus clearing the temple and casting out money changers and others when he cleans the temple? Nehemiah wanted those money changers and uh, traders out of the gates on some Sabbath day. And when these merchants moved their yard sale items, Nehemiah threatened to have them all arrested. He was really being serious about keeping the Sabbath holy. He wanted Sunday to be a day to worship God and give thanks to God for his mercy and kindness. Do any of the older folks in the congregation remember the blue laws of Virginia? Actually, they were national blue laws. They forbid all but necessary businesses to be open on Sunday. In other words, if your business wasn't really necessary for a livelihood of people, you couldn't be open on Sunday. They also forbid the sale of alcohol in any form, except maybe rubbing alcohol, to be sold on Sunday. The first blue law elected in Virginia required, not suggested, required citizens to keep the Sabbath holy. In other words, you couldn't do anything on Sunday that was contrary to the laws of God. The Acts of 1623 ordered citizens to repair to their churches on Sundays. Now, that doesn't say go and do repair work on your church. It says repair to your churches on Sunday. They were further required to attend both morning and evening services at their church. Now, can you imagine if, uh, if there was a law enacted now that required us to be in church on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon, um, I, I can just hear that passing in Congress right now. Further, the Sabbath was not to be profaned by working at any employment. In other words, it was sinful to work on Sunday at your job. And I hear again there had to be exceptions to these laws because the hospitals had to continue to operate. Uh, we had to have medical treatments, that sort of thing. But regular work was not to be done on Sunday. Um, I can just hear the wives saying to the husbands now, if you don't get up and come to church with me today, this morning, and this afternoon, I'm going to have you thrown in jail. I can hear it now. How how long do you think that would last? Um, In Luke's gospel, in chapter 14, Jesus is having a meal at the house of one of the prominent Pharisees. Now, you know, Jesus did like to eat with the sinners and the Pharisees from time to time. And He is discussing or teaching on several subjects and he uses the illustration of a man being invited to a wedding and taking the seat designed for one of more importance. In other words, someone's invited to a wedding and he he takes the seat designed for a higher dignitary than he is. And then someone of higher status comes in later and the host would have to ask him to take the lower seat so this man would be embarrassed humiliated if you will because he took the seat of someone higher than he is um, so you should take a lower seat and therefore you'd be asked to take the higher seat rather than be downgraded and, the, and of course this, the point is that um, he who exalts himself will be humiliated will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted he went on to say that you should give freely, not expecting to be repaid, and you would be rewarded at the resurrection of the righteousness. He used the example of inviting someone, having a banquet, and inviting someone of rich status of higher standards to your banquet because you were expecting to be them to invite you to their party or their banquet, so you're doing so expecting to get repaid, and that's not the reason for giving. The, the first illustration in chapter 14 was, was had to do with working on Sunday. Um, I, but I'd like to use it as it related to church attendance. He said, if you have a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath, will you not immediately pull him out? In other words, he, he's being criticized for healing on Sunday, and they were asked if legal for him to heal people on a Sunday. And then he, he asked this question, if you had a a son or, or an animal, a working animal, fall into a well. wouldn't you just immediately pull him out on Sunday? Well, of course, the answer would be, you would, you wouldn't let him drown, right? Now, um, if you look for an excuse not to be in church on Sunday, Satan will give you hundreds of excuses. I could have found, thought of 10 good mm-hmm. ones for not being in church today. I, I could have said, that we got a new puppy at home, and by the way, my wife says that older people should not buy puppies. I, I agree. Because they will wear you out. She also says that she thinks the puppy is smarter than we are. I, I think he probably is too. Um, but if you're looking for an excuse to, not to attend church, Satan will give you plenty of excuses. If you're looking for an excuse not to, um, not to spread the word of God, not to tell your neighbor about God, Satan will give you hundreds of excuses they'll always be there um, now using this same example um, but unless you have something as important as a family member or a working animal who's been falling the well on Sunday, then in my opinion, you don't have any excuse not to come to church on Sunday. So next Sunday, you can tell all your friends and neighbors that unless they have a real emergency, they should be in church on Sunday morning. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this beautiful day in the beginning of winter, just like the ending of summer. We thank you, Lord, that we're about to celebrate a day of thanksgiving. Lord, as Christians, we are thankful every day for our blessings in life. We're most thankful, Lord, for your son, Jesus, who died for our sins and the sins of the world. We ask you, Lord, to give us strength and courage to continue in our way of life, to continue the Christian life, Lord, and to spread the gospel of Jesus, our Savior. We are, Lord, a thankful people. We pray for your continuing mercy and grace. We pray, Lord, that you'll give us the strength to forgive others as you forgive us. We ask you, Lord, to give us the courage to speak your name, to speak the gospel of Christ wherever we go without fear or oppression. Again, Lord, we thank you for the beauty of this day. We thank you, Lord, for all that are here this day to hear your word. We pray these and all things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.